This is Unbeaten. Thanks for tuning in. Great to have you listening. Live from Amherst, Massachusetts, in the basement of the Murray D. Lincoln Campus Center, broadcasting on WMUA 91.1 FM and online streaming. Today is Tuesday, September 11th, with Drew Luongo. We have a great topic today, so let's get things started. All right, welcome back. It's another Tuesday, September 11th today. Uh, We just finished off week one of the NFL. We're going to recap, maybe give a little bit of analysis to help me here. I have Drew Luongo. Drew, say what's up to the people. How are we doing, listeners? This is uh, much better with a guest. I think we can bounce some ideas off each other, Uh, just talk a little bit about week one in general. I guess we'll, we'll probably focus a little bit more on the Patriots, specifically... But this episode should be, you know, a lot better than me just sort of rambling. So, uh, with that being said, we can just get right into it. I guess, Drew, I'll just ask, like, what are your initial thoughts of, you know, the Patriots-Texans game? Uh, week one, I'd say a lot better than last year. I think that's easy to say. Like, obviously came away with a win. Um, I'd say right now that I don't think anybody expected our defense to show up the way they did against a team that's got a lot of potential. I think everyone sees the Texans as a a division winner in the South or like a playoff team come uh, January. Uh, I'd say the strong points of the game were probably the, well, definitely the defense. And I think obviously just like Brady does his thing, makes other players better. Like no one could see Philip Dorsett going for seven catches when he had maybe like yeah, maybe five all last year. I was gonna us. say, yeah, he definitely he, one hundred percent broke his reception record from like, yeah, per, his career. Like, oh, yeah. that's by far. I I don't think he has anything close to that career wise, but it's just everyone's complaining about or everyone's questioning the Patriots and they don't have weapons and then they come in and put up twenty seven points and it's like, it was one of those games. It was like a mid season game. It felt like watching it. Like you're just kind of relaxed like I wasn't like tense really at all during the game I was just kind of sitting there like watching that unfold Brady going to work and the offensive line was doing great job against one of the best defensive fronts you'll see with Watt and Clowney uh DJ Reader they they got a and Merciless they got a bunch of talent on that D-line and uh pass rushers but um I don't know like this team looks like it's Another AFC championship ride, like, yeah. for, what is it, probably eighth or ninth straight year? Like, already, even w- just week one, like, we don't even have our offense fully healthy with the Edelman's not there. We're playing with three wide receivers. Um, even with, like, Hogan did nothing yesterday. He had one catch, and he's our number one wideout, and everyone was talking about how he's going to be a big factor. If he can't get going, we're in deep, deep trouble. Yeah, I but, mean, um no, that's yeah. a good point. And even like, even I think a, a concern, and maybe the years past has been, uh, is the offense can the offensive line hold up mm-hmm. uh, against you know can they can they give Brady enough time in the pocket? And it was true. I mean, I didn't even you didn't even really hear J.J. Watt's name called until like the second half. He wasn't really a yeah. force to be reckoned with. And then they also sort of silenced Clowney as best they could. But yeah, even even going off the uh, the receiving 
point you made, there was only two receivers that had seven receptions each, which was Gronkowski and Dorsett, and then it sort of drops off, and then it goes to White and Devlin. Who James Devlin. White James Devlin was catching passes. <laughs> is the receiving <laughs> running back, and Devlin's the fullback. So he had more catches than Hogan and Patterson, Patterson <laughs> like, and Riley McCarron. So. Yeah. Who had it, nothing. Yeah, it's, it's 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 amazing, really. Like James Devlin maybe had four touches last year, maybe. Like he's throwing passes to him. He completed a huge pass to, I like almost iced the game to him uh, at the end of the end of the game. Going, I think it was going into the two minute warning, and he hits him on the sideline, and it's just like Brady makes him open. Like I like you don't have to be open for Brady. Like he'll just get he'll get the ball to you. It's yeah, and I think it's also interesting to mention, I think it was either last night or early this morning, I think, that um, Des Bryant tweeted something about wanting to get a, you know, wanting to sign with a team that would give him as many one-on-one opportunities as he could get. And I think he even quoted Hogan, Edelman, Gronk. and Gronk's name in that tweet saying that he would absolutely get a one-on-one matchup every play, which I actually somewhat agree with. And, um, yeah, I actually, it, it makes you wonder, because I'm not really sure what the whole process, you might know more than me, what the whole process with free agency is and why he hasn't signed with the team, but do you think he'll eventually land with the Patriots or do you think he'll end up with, you know, a, another team? I think like there you, was... quarter of the Redskins with him. The Redskins yeah. was the other team there, so... Yeah, um, just watching this game, like, it really didn't look like we had a shortage of wideouts and stuff, or, like... It didn't feel like it, but if we play against another team that like gets their offense going, like Watson was not himself. It looked like he looked rusty, like compared to last year. His, even his first couple games, like he played against us in his like second start, I think last year, and was tore it up. And so when we get when we go against uh, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars next year, next week, so we're not gonna get like another quarterback like slinging the rock around. But like when we play against a, like a real offense and they start. Like get like getting putting points on the board and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like a guy like Dez is definitely a, like an upgrade. Like there's no doubt. Like one on one with him, he's a he's a, one of the best wideouts in Cowboys history. Right. So like well, one of the best wideouts of like the 2010s. Like as much as like he's a head case and stuff, I think the Patriots are notorious for like bringing players in that they can calm down. Like Randy Moss and Ocho, even though he didn't work, like. Chad Johnson still came and wasn't really making headlines. Like, I think Belichick has a way with players. Like, listen, we're going to be good. If you want to win, you can come here, play your role. You'll get the ball because we know how good you are. Like, you know you're talented. Um, I think he could come here, but I don't know if he's going to get the money that he wants because the reason he's still a free agent right now is because he won't accept a contract below. I think it was like... Five million? I think someone offered him like minimum or like not close to minimum, like like two million. I think the Ravens or something like that. And um like I think he's more still got that ego with him that he's like, listen, I'm still like a good receiver. Like I'm not worth I I want money still. Like he's not completely sacrificing everything. Yeah, and it's I mean, I think we're seeing this with Bell too. It's just like it, I think it makes you realize like they it's it's almost like this opposite effect where they stop playing because they want more money. Mm-hmm. But I think that just honestly, when you stop playing like that, I think it just depreciates your value. And at that point, it's sort of like you've pissed off a few people, and you know they're less likely to want to sign you. But 
Yeah, it's um, like with the Bell. It's like with Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh. James Conner goes for almost 200 total yards. It, 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 Bell's a better running back, like no doubt. He's one of the best running backs in the league. But like, it does put that like glimmer of doubt right there that it's like maybe it's the system, maybe it's the line, maybe it's the quarterback, maybe it's Antonio Brown taking pressure off the defense. Yeah, it's like who, who is their running back that just tore it up? James Conner. Yeah, yeah. He was like a Pittsburgh kid and like. Great story. Like I, I think he's gonna be a solid running back and stuff like that. Like I think he's a good player, but it's still he's not leaving on Bell. Like this guy's been the best running back in the league for like two or three years now, and it's like it those players like Dez and well I I think to not get off track or anything the Cowboys struggled yesterday without Dez. I think that was a huge difference without Dez Bryant on their roster. I think he kind of showed his value. Like it worked out for him, but if the Cowboys came out and gashed the Panthers, it's like. They're playing with fire. They're playing, they're playing their their deck basically. Like they're going all in on their talent being important, and like they're betting on themselves that they make that big of a difference. Right, and it's and like the slot guy Cole Beasley was the one who had the most receptions, seven for seventy three yards. Um, that's it, though, right? Which that's it. I mean, the next guy drops off a lot. You kind of go three receptions for twenty seven. That was Don. Uh, was it Deontay, Deontay Thompson. Thompson? He's so. not anything special. He's a Bills player. Like. We played against him twice a year. I don't think he ever did anything. So right, it's and like, then Alan Hearns, you know, Zeke even had a few receptions. So it definitely definitely drops off a lot after that. They only put up eight points anyway, so obviously a, a poor yeah. offensive showing mm-hmm. anyway. But, um, no, yeah, clearly, I mean, was was it a situation where Bryant's – I think Bryant's contract was up or was it – It was – he was getting overpaid for his production. I right. think, and they, I think they just cut him. I, yeah, mm-hmm. they cut him. I think, and like they, they wanted, or he thought about restructuring his deal, but then I think Joe, Jerry Jones, and the Cowboys management, like Garrett and all them, didn't want him. Like they just thought his head case was too much. Like they used the, their ego came in stronger than Dez's, and Dez wanted to work out a deal, but then they didn't give him an opportunity to like yeah, no. restructure. This Jerry Jones is not the guy yeah. that you want to go toe to toe with. Yeah. And then I saw this morning there were all these Cowboys fans sort of um like begging for Dez to just apologize or one of the sides to apologize, make mm-hmm. up and like sign him back. But <laughs> he he just quote tweeted and goes, I would rather play with a team that appreciates me or something like that. So yeah. it seems like that relationship's too frayed to even uh, no, that that it, relationship's toast. Yeah. yeah, he will. He's never suiting up in a Cowboys uniform again. Like he won't even do those like one day contract things that <laughs> retire as a Cowboy. No, he's not. They're done. It, so, it'd be interesting because um, with the I don't know if it's it's I don't know if it's like baseball where the the player their their Hall of Fame bust gets like the the logo. They get to choose which team uh, they want. No, they don't because they don't have the hats. So they don't have the hats. So, so I was gonna say like, yeah, it's just like his. Their head, I'm that, pretty sure. That takes one less uh, worry away <laughs> for Des Bryant because imagine, like, if he didn't pick the Cowboys for his... Yeah, he's like, his the, his best years are behind him. Like, right. they are. But, like, he could still be I mean, how a old solid is he? one-on-one. He's 30, probably. I mean, for football, I think, though, I guess, you know... Well, it's you're, you're better. Your prime's, like, 26, 28, yeah. 28, 26 to 28 for most skill players right. well, in I, the NFL. I, I'd say quarterbacks is older because, right. like... There's like a point where like Rogers is right now. He's 34, but he doesn't look 34. Like he still plays. Like right. he's like any other position prime. player. It's like 35 would probably even be lucky at that point. Oh uh, yeah, for wide wideouts you see a little bit more. 
Des Bryant's 29, by the way. Wideouts can get a little longer than like running backs and tight ends, but not too, too long. Like It's not that common to see, a, especially a running back, get over 30. Yeah, I feel like also, I don't know, I feel like um, they're playing earlier, maybe like only doing either doing less years in college yeah. and getting right into the draft or even even if it's they do play a, a few years in college usually they're they're experienced enough that they would you know either at least be on the if not the first team the second team I feel like these guys are getting you know starting a little younger so it probably makes sense that you know you're you're also starting Try to retire to earlier mm-hmm. like you said like starting in like your early 20s hitting the prime around like 26 and then like Des Bryant, honestly, starting to wrap up his career in a sense. Yeah. Uh, entering his 30s now. So. Yeah. No, you're right. Like, it's like uh, a, a lot more players enter the league at like, tw- like 22, 21, 23. 23 is like the oldest, like, max for rookies now at this point. When it used to be like, if you're 21, it was like a different, like, it was a different site. Because there, a lot more players are entering as uh, juniors that, uh, that flashing lights throw me off. <laughs> it's the phone, uh, yeah. phone light uh, in the next room. Right, that, <laughs> it freaked me out. Um, yeah, but like the and the sport does take a toll on your body and stuff like that. Like yeah. players, it's like baseball, even basketball for the most part. There you get into like the thirty-five range, and then it's like, oh, wait, he's gonna start slipping now. But like football, it's like twenty-nine, thirty. When you hit the thirty-year-old. Like, you're like, oh, right. he's 30. Oh, boy. Like, it gets a little hazy after that for uh, for everything other than, I'd say, quarterback and kickers. Yeah, no, football. Kickers can play forever. Right, right. And I think football, by far, is the shortest lifespan. But then... Oh, um, easy, yeah. And you think, like, oh, yeah, baseball, too. You know, you got guys going 20-plus seasons. Even even in basketball, you got Kevin Garnett going 18-something, 20 seasons. And then you get, like, these rare cases in hockey, too, where you get, like, Yager, who's literally playing into like 45 he's like plus 40, yeah, he's got to be like getting into his 50s now something crazy and even if he's not playing in the nhl he'll, he'll go take his talents overseas and seas and continue to play mm-hmm. but um yeah no like getting sort of back on topic like it, it does make you wonder where where bryant's value is and i think i don't think that he would sign with the patriots but if if he did it would make perfect sense just because you know they're, they're the team to just sort of like pay a guy that should be paid a lot of money, not a lot of money, and they're just gonna say, you know, you're gonna be you're gonna be a, a role in the in the system and you know, we're you're not here to be a superstar and we're not paying you superstar money, but just to, you know, do your job essentially. Yeah, it, he just gotta he's just gotta get it through his head though. That's the like will his ego get in the way of him signing right. a contract right. that fits like it has up until this point. Like he's not on a roster. He should be on a roster. It's like the the pinnacle free agent right now still like he should have been signed months ago in like preseason or uh training camp like his ego has kept him off rosters and like his actions on the field beforehand like he had major temp like temper tantrums mm-hmm. and stuff like that have kept teams away that know they can't handle that in the locker room obviously certain teams can now like the patriots can um i'd even say like the giants have been able to handle like beckham and certain teams, like, I can't even think of any right now. Like, the Ravens, yep, Ravens have been good at keeping, like, their personalities. Like, they let their persona- personalities flow on the field and off the field. So, like, he fits in with them. Right. And then the Patriots have a good reputation of concealing those uh, emotions and just, like, going out and doing your job 
and like keeping it un- uh, out of the media, out of the spotlight. No, I think that's so. exactly right. And I mean, it's all in team dynamic, I guess. If you want to have that guy, if you want to have that vocal leader that's, you know, f- comfortable being a superstar and the, the coaching staff's comfortable with him sort of being this diva-esque player to lead the team, like, that's fine. But then, you know, you also get other team dynamics where the Patriots would rather just have everyone lead by example and just do, you know, I guess do more than say. Yeah. But then... um yeah, no, I mean, it's it's certainly a good point. Um, I forget what I was going to say, but we are going to go to break real quick. When we come back, uh, we'll pick right up where we left off. So stay tuned to WMUA 91.1 FM. This is WMUA Sports. Show your UMass pride everywhere you go with a UMass Amherst special license plate. All proceeds benefit student scholarships and programs, and the special plate fee is tax deductible. Get all the details and order your plate at umassalumni.com or call 800-456-UMASS. Remember to ride with UMass Pride. Hi, this is Coolio. I have it, you have it, we all have it. It's called blood. And every three seconds, someone needs blood. Each year, four million people need blood transfusions. You can help by becoming a blood donor. It's fast, simple, and safe. One donation from you can save up to three lives. Be a lifesaver. Call 1-866-FROM-YOU. That's 1-866-376-6968. Toll free to find out where you can donate and save a life today. You're listening to UMass Athletics on WMUA Sports. Thanks for sticking with us, WMUA 91.1 FM. It's a Tuesday morning. We have Drew Luongo here. My name's Ryan Beaton. We're sort of just recapping, analyzing week one of the NFL season. We sort of covered mostly Patriots. We got into a little bit of uh, Des Bryant talk. Uh, But yeah, we're going to kind of just jump right back into some of the week one scores, some of the bigger games, and uh, eventually we'll move into some week two previews specifically for the Patriots, which we know they will be playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. So with that being said, um, Drew, what else do we have for week one? Uh, so around for the, for the Patriots, first of all, mm-hmm. uh, defense outstanding. Like we were talking about pass rush was there that, that wasn't there last year, like all all season there wasn't really a pass rush to, to speak of Trey Flowers and Dietrich Wise both recorded uh one and a half sacks yesterday um against a, a good mobile quarterback who can move in Deshaun Watson I thought yeah yeah well I I just think my immediate reaction is that he looked very indecisive and I know I think yeah. uh it might have been Romo that was saying that the entire game uh that or I forget who he was calling. Unsure. I forget no, who was. No, it was it was it was Romo. Right, it was yeah, Romo it was, and Nance. Yeah. It was Romo, and he was saying he looked indecisive. He wasn't confident in his abilities, and he just you know didn't look like he had. I mean, last year I thought he before he got hurt he definitely looked. He played with confidence. Right. He didn't play with confidence last yesterday. Right. Um, or yeah, I said yesterday. Well, two days ago. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're recording a day early, so we for for your information, we won't have. Too much info on the Jets, Lions, and Rams, Raiders because that game's happening 
tonight for you guys it'll be yes or last night so um but yeah we have the rest of the games to work off of (laughs) and uh specifically the patriots yeah so the i'd say the one weakness that glared yesterday was definitely the run defense like they looked a little tired uh, at some points like miller started gashing them late in games but i think it was more of they were just kind of giving them that like they were just like all right, we're up 21 to 6, 21 uh yeah, it was like 21 to 6, I believe. And they were just giving them um the lanes to run the ball cuz it was chewing clock for them. Right. And and it, it seemed sort of like the whole like bend don't break thing of, yeah. l- of last year, even though I think the defense is a little better maybe than last year. Well, I mean, yeah, no, I I think I think it showed it was better. I think uh the one of the reasons Watson was so under duress was just how he started the game obviously doesn't help fumbling on the first play, yeah, first. on a handoff. Yeah. And then also just, like, there was a constant pass rush on him. Like, there wasn't a lot of plays that he was just sitting in the pocket um, surveying the field. Like, he had to move out of the pocket, um, be aware of somebody at all times. Well, what were they? they were they running, like, a five-man rush? Or I forget what they, it was. They were mixing it up a lot. Yeah, they so were. it was it was definitely they, they were trying to get him out of the pocket, and they mm-hmm. did a really good job with it. I think the that defensive line for the Patriots did a really good job in making him uncomfortable and pressuring him to make awkward throws, which didn't help just, you know, uh, just keeping in mind that he was already not confident in his abilities. Yeah. Yeah. He showed, he showed, he showed a lot of rust. And, um, I think like that obviously helps the Patriots gain confidence for the year, especially in defense where how last year, I don't think the confidence ever really came back after getting gashed in the first game of the season. Like it, it started to come back late in the season, but then once um, playoffs hit and they didn't really perform at all in the playoffs very well, they got toasted by Blake Bortles. They got mm-hmm. Nick Foles. Like, na- no name really, co- like, not great quarterbacks beat them. Um, I just think this year will be a little bit different. I think it's going to be a lot more defensive oriented. I think even without a lot of um, personnel changes, I think, I just think like, the style they're running now with uh, Flores as the head guy calling defensive plays mm-hmm. this year. I think it's going to be a different different story for the defense. Not a lot of, like, the additions didn't even really do too much. Like, uh, Adrian Claiborne didn't even record a tackle, according to ESPN. But uh, he did have great pressure and was drawing blocks. Like, he's a good mm-hmm. pass rusher for us. And um, I remember the, fr- the the first, like, few weeks of last season, I think everyone was sort of criticizing Gilmore, but he I don't think he looked bad oh, he by any great. by any means in this game. Played a top three wideout. Yeah. He, he did great coverage. Yeah. Like it was fine like he was fantastic all day. Like I know he had a couple of penalties here and there, but it's like you gotta do what you gotta do. It's one of the best receivers in the game. Like he's top three receiver in the game. Um you gotta sometimes you get caught holding. Like he wasn't no no deep DPIs, there's no pass interferences. Mm-hmm. It was just he was holding yeah. them a little bit too, too much. No, yeah, the defense specifically, I thought, did a really good job of you know holding uh, their penalties to a limited number. You know, they. Yeah. I think in the second half, it was uh, it took a while for them to get their first penalty. So. Yeah, they they played they played smart. They played they played well. They played very disciplined. Like building off your point, mm-hmm. I think they only. There's maybe two or three. There's maybe two or three total plays that were like twenty or more yards for them. I think they yeah. had one pass play to um, one of the tight ends, and 
Um, they had one um, one run, which was a little bit of a heartbreaker when should have been a safety, but uh, oh yeah, it turns into a thirty-eight uh, yard run for Lamar Miller. Yeah, that was so like or just like something around there. Yeah, that was a big play, and then it was that was still early in the game where it was like, oh well, this, yeah. could this potentially affect uh, you know the score later on down the road? But obviously, sort of a non-issue. But yeah, I mean, it was still a game at that point. Like it was still like we didn't know what we were getting with the defense yet because mm-hmm. it could swing like that. Like it could be real quick. Yeah, everyone seemed to settle in uh, after the first quarter. I thought it was one of those classic Patriots games where you could watch with ease. I guess you yeah. kind of you know you you had a feeling what was going down. You, you knew what the outcome was going to be. It felt like the entire game. It well, felt like after, right. especially after they fumbled. Um, the Houston fumbled the first play of the game, and we took the ball and scored uh, after going three and out. And you were just like, oh, all right, we're back. We're back in it. And right. then we go up 14-3 to three at that point. It's like, all right, we're feeling good now. Like that, We're getting back into the guru yeah. things. Definitely a change from last year where it was, you know, I mean, if, if the Patriots lose the first game of the season, it's like the sky is falling. Yeah. So definitely a change. Uh, we it, it only took them a quarter opposed to a game to figure things out. Uh, the defense specifically, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, and then I guess one other game I, I ended up watching the fourth quarter of Bears Packers. That was just insane. Bears uh, Packers was one of the best games you'll see all year. The, easily, yeah. easily. It was, it was. I mean, you go from Aaron Rodgers having like a a supposed season-ending injury to getting back out there just limping and just yeah, he's playing on one leg. He was playing on one leg. Yeah. It was insane. <laughs> Throwing like, off balance yeah. everywhere, and then just the last that last play was just. Well, yeah. Well, what was great about that game, though, I thought, was how both the top it was the top paid defensive player of all time versus the top played offensive player of all time with Rodgers versus uh, Khalil Mack, and both kind of controlled halves. Like Khalil Mack dominated the first half, got uh, picked on Kaiser when uh, Rodgers got hurt. He just mm-hmm. took advantage of having. Uh, young, inexperienced uh, backup quarterback in there. And he picks him, returns it for a touchdown on a screen pass, and then just strips him like it's like a right taking candy from a baby. And, and Trubisky and, is just the epitome of that player that's just not quite there. Like, yeah. He, he had such a fantastic first half. And then, and then it showed that he wasn't there yet. Yeah, it makes when, you realize that you have to have the complete – the you know the complete assets to win a game like that, or else a yeah. one-legged Aaron Rodgers will yeah. come and steal it from you. So what's crazy is it's just Rodgers. It's like uh, he comes out and Trubisky had been playing out outstanding even before Rodgers got hurt. He was not not solid, nothing mm-hmm. special, and um, he comes out. And you could just see it in like the Bears and like Trubisky. They they started pressing like they felt it. They felt it coming, and they're just trying every little bit to stop it. I remember Rodgers hit um, Kyle Fuller, the Bears corner, right in the chest. Yeah, and he uh, just dropped because of a collision. Like it was, it was, it was gonna be a on time throw. Like it was a timing throw, but um, there was a collision on a crossing route, and it just like surprised. Like he couldn't even corral the easiest pick of his career, probably. Like I don't think yeah, it'll they be said anything dro- closer. They said he dropped a ton of last year. Yeah, picks last year. He could have been one of the game's breakout. Yeah, that that would have been a huge play. To, that would have solidified a win. That ge- that game's over right there. And then you give Rodgers a second chance. You give a guy like him, like he's arguably the most talented out there. Brady's the best, obviously, but like he's right there behind him. 
Uh, top performers this week, I'd say Tyreek Hill showed out week one, showed that the Chiefs still have a um, legitimate playoff gripe for uh, that the AFC West. I think guys like uh, Michael Thomas, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Adrian Peterson showing that he still has something left in those legs. I'd say players that didn't show up was Garoppolo, did not look sharp against Minnesota, and um, Ben Roethlisberger of the Steelers definitely blew a game against the Browns that haven't won in, I think it was like 500 days or something. So... Tough, tough game for those two quarterbacks that are supposed to be top of the league. Um, it'll be interesting to see week two and see how teams react to it. Yeah, uh, week one. Absolutely, we're uh, looking forward to week two matchup between Patriots and the Jacksonville Jaguars. We want to thank Drew Luongo for coming on today for going over week one with us, um, and you'll see us here next Tuesday on WMUA ninety one point one FM. Thanks for tuning in.